0: Hello and welcome to Sturkers and Radar Uncut, a monthly podcast brought to you by Ping. By your best. Where we take an irreverent look at the game and the current hot topics. We'll also find out what's doing Radar's head in in Radar's rants. And we've got a great guest as well on the show today, Radar. Total (laughs) nutter. Pleased to report I've had no more feet requests.
2: Well, yeah, we've been putting out a bit out on social media. Last night you were holding a putt on the mat with those black stilettos.
0: With my heels on.
2: I like a pair of black stilettos in my eye.
0: The, the greenkeeping staff were complaining about me. But yeah, all good. And thank you to all of you as well for, for downloading and listening to episode one. All your feedback has been brilliant to have that support. Thanks to uh, Ping again once again. Don't forget to follow us on socials, Sturkers Radar on Twitter and Sturkers and Radar Pod on Instagram. And also, I must just say, I'm going to get in a little big up early. What did I say at the end of last month's podcast? My prediction as to what would come true. The next time, Radar, we sit opposite each other at the kitchen table discussing the world of golf, John Rahm will be a major champion
2: bang on and uh, congratulations, but it's not a big prediction with a golf swing like that and a determined, you know, he's a determined man and uh, what a player. What a player. uh, The US Open champion, the first Spaniard to ever win the US Open.
0: You know, you look back, you did Memorial and we talked about that in the Sky Sports studio. His reaction, it wasn't an immediate reaction. He didn't come out on social media or release a statement. He kept calm. He processed it and then he released his statement. How good was his attitude in reacting to what happened and how imperative was that in taking stock, realising that there's bigger things going on in the world, COVID, people are losing lives, people are losing jobs. He took it all on board and said, okay, I can react to this in a positive way. How much kudos do you give to him for that?
2: Huge kudos. I couldn't have done that. Uh, you, know, you walk off the 18th green, Jack Nicklaus's tournament, the Memorial at is such a huge championship, and you defending champion. He's won it the year before. And he walks off on Saturday night, and he's six in front. And they go, you're out. You've tested positive. You have to withdraw. Yeah, he was upset, visibly upset, straight away. But then they took him inside, and he got out in the buggy, and he waved to the kids, and you know, I, I imagine when he got home, he would have kicked a few doors in, but it, it was just full credit to him. And this week I was asked, before last week the US Open, who's going to win? I said, Xander um, Shoffley, but I hope it's Rahm, mm. because what happened there at the memorial. And for, it was the golfing gods. They never disappoint. They look down on him, and they gave him that win, and he... Uh, he won it very well. Just a fantastic win. Very good for John and his family. And very good for Rig Harrington because he's going to be tough in that rider Cup.
0: Oh, so tough. You know, he, he said, he believes in karma, doesn't he? And he said, it's not about what happens to you, it's how you react to it. And I think that's a lesson for us all, isn't it?
2: Yeah certainly is. Uh, That was just very... Look, I think John Rahm's a grumpy-looking golfer. He's one of my favourite golfers to watch. But to watch his reactions, I think he's a bit of a whinger and a whiner. But that's gone away now with me. I I, I really do take my hat off. And I admire him so, so much.
0: I know there's so many highlights, but I look back. I said this to you just before we started recording. That up and down on three to save par was just... Gorgeous. Yeah, that in, was in just your words
2: on an upslope. On an upslope, uh, in the thick rough down there, short side, a little par three, two hundred yards. of played, and to miss it there was a terrible shot off the tee, uh, and he just made men's Like so easy to go under that and leave it down there, or to get too much of the ball and hit it forty feet away, and then make a bogey or even three putt. He turned a far a potential five. Into a, into a three, and that made might have given him the injection, a, a spring in his step to go on to win. He hit so many good shots; he really did. Every shot seems to come out of the middle of the club face. It makes a different thud. When Stenson was at his best, he made a sound that um, not many people did. Tiger, the great players, he's got that. Ram, he's a big old beast. beast. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what he is. You wouldn't like to feed him, would you? you take him out for dinner. You'd have to give him a cow. You couldn't buy him a steak. That's, but,
0: that's the thing when you see him. I mean, he's a, he's a big man. Oh, a big, he's
2: just a, he's a proper golfer, and he's still young. How many has he got in oh. him? Can he get to Seve's five? Uh, that's the best. We've got Seve at five majors. We've got Alathaba at uh, two majors, two masters.
0: That'll be my next prediction. Yes, he can get to five. Yeah,
2: I'd say you're right. <laughs> you know what? I'd say you're right.
0: Right, Radar's rants. What have you got for us this episode, Radar?
2: Well, it's me. I'm going to rant at myself because um, I've always said that I didn't like the way Bryson DeChambeau has has built up himself and trying to belt it as hard as he can. And um, I didn't like the way he played. I'm going back on on that. And I I apologize. I was wrong. I, I, I think he's a very intelligent golfer. He hits it hard because he can, and he wants to constantly improve himself. And uh, when he when the flag's on the left, he'll hit it right, and vice versa. He misses it in the right places. Yesterday, the U.S. Open back nine didn't happen. He caved in a little, but uh, that's you know that, that's it, it, he didn't choke or anything like that. We know he's won a U.S. Open. and He's won all sorts of things, but I'd like to take that back. I am a big fan now, and. To be honest with you, it's taken me a long time to admit this to myself.
0: Radar, he's got his fist out and he's I, about to hit the table I, I, in I've, anger.
2: I, I really have been sort of slagging him a bit, and you I have, I, and, I, and I, I've
0: been party to it. Yes,
2: and, and I've thought to myself, you know, should I be doing this? But I stuck with it. This I stuck stupid. with the slagging, and, and I <laughs> thought, but, but now. No, I I, I, I apologise and I'm a huge fan of the man, but I think he'll turn it down and I was looking at him last night when I was doing some commentary and he, he slimmed Which down a I little. I was
0: absolutely going to say, he's not as bulky, no, not he's nearly not. as bulky.
2: He slimmed down yeah. a little and yeah. maybe he's going to rein it back in a little bit.
0: He's on two protein shakes a day instead of eight.
2: Was he on eight? <laughs> Something oh, like that. Goes. Yeah, but, but he
0: really has. He's. Comp- I think you look at him when he went from normal Bryson to big bulky Bryson to Bryson now. Completely agree with you. Yeah, completely agree with you. Uh, can I also say I've a never heard you apologise.
2: Oh, no, comes with age, doesn't it?
0: I mean, this is a first, ladies and gents. Yeah, and girls. Well,
2: I, I, I really do feel as though I need to go. <laughs> yep, I was, I was. I'm not going to say I was wrong. <laughs> <but> <laughs>
0: don't, don't go that far. <laughs> I'm,
2: going to, I'm going to say yeah. Look, I, I, I like watching him now. I didn't like him thrashing the golf ball, but it's, um, you've got to admire him, don't you? You have to Absolutely. admire him to, to, to try to re-revolutionise the game and, and the way he plays it. And I'm going, well, you can't do that. Who will make that. Bryson chef. Bryson's a, a just what? a great player. And, and I apologise and I take it back. And I was wrong.
0: So, you've so, so you apologise and Take that, everybody, because you'll never hear it again. But this is going to be replayed in po- future podcasts. Radar's wrong for once in his life. Should we get our first guest on?
2: Why not? We're talking about nutters.
0: Delighted to say that we are joined by the much missed on tour, David Lynn. Lynn, nice to uh, have you with us. Thanks for joining us.
2: Hello. That's a nice welcome. Lynn, what, what happened? All of a sudden, you're playing on tour and um, you had the tour card in the States, in Europe, everywhere. And then you just disappeared one day. I mean, <laughs> what happened? Where did I got you go? Kidnapped. Where did you? Did you? You and Robert Allenby? Not in the back of a trunk or anything like that, was it? Oh, <laughs> I don't want to be kidnapped seven. with Allenby, do I? No, no. Uh,
1: to be fair, if two thousand and twelve hadn't happened and I got that exemption to America, I would have probably called it a day around then. But you know, the fact I got into America, uh, that was that was a just a great year. It was so enjoyable because everything was brand new, fresh challenge, new courses every week, new people. And I absolutely thoroughly loved it. But having been away 42 weeks in 2013, I was just sort of foaming at the mouth. I said to my caddy at the end of that year, I said, I won't be doing my number in America next year, which he couldn't understand. And and consequently, it, it just sort of brought... Brought, brought it to a head, really, then, at the end of 2014. And, yeah, having only just won in 2013 as well.
2: Do you regret the decision you made?
1: No, I, I think I got it banged on for me. Um, my, my mum and dad, they, they weren't happy when I did what I did, but they sort of sit down with me now whenever we're, we're together and we're having a drink, and, and they look at it, and they, they think I got it sort of right. Right for me, really. Uh, which is, uh, yeah, it was important to do at the time.
0: Lily, I remember I was there in Portugal, 2013. You just, you know, you won. I remember that victory, and and then suddenly you were gone. I know, and we still well, miss. We still the miss you. I in
1: America. Yeah. Yeah, and then won, but you, you know, I know, I know you see, and everyone sees a different. Yeah, they go and see me win, but they don't know what's going on in your head. Because so you know it it, it wasn't just an overnight thing it was it was it had been building up for years you know so uh too much of a good thing uh you know i I certainly don't uh, don't regret wouldn't change anything about uh certainly getting on tour and doing all that because it was it was just mega. and you know so many great people I've
2: met so many great stories would you say, linny? Am I right in saying, before you tell us why, basically, you, you did pack it in, It was it like you get up on a Tuesday morning or a Monday night packing a fl- for a Tuesday flight, you, you, you go, oh, wow, here I go again. I'm yeah. off now. I'm going out to here spending 3,000 quid, and I don't actually know whether I'm going to get my 3,000 back. And you know what? This is so mundane, it feels like you're on a go-round later in your career. Am I right in saying that?
1: Yeah. That's well, you've been there, haven't you? And that's exactly how I referred to it: is you're you're on this carousel, and I mean, you might only play well in a normal season, you might only play 26 events, but for the other uh, 26 events that you're not playing, you basically, I I felt that you wrap yourself up in cotton wool a little bit. So, if you had one week off, you'd have parties going on here and there, and You'd be like watching yourself at the, with your drink, for instance. I, you wouldn't want to get have too many drinks, too many sherbet lemons, because you know you're going away playing in another tournament the following week. And then if you had two weeks off, it's sort of, well, for me, this is how I did it. I, I would party the first week away, not touch my gloves. And then I'd slowly sort of start practicing again in week two, still at home, but obviously ready for going back on tour again. So, yeah, you, you just, I think you have to sacrifice your life to a degree for what a great life it is, you know. And, and, and like I say, there's no regrets in sort of, it. you know, I've got to see the world play on some of the best golf courses, playing some great tournaments, and they're just great memories now.
0: Yeah, respect to you, I think, as well. It's a brave thing to do, isn't it? No, no, nobody at the time was expecting you to call it quits when you did. But as you said, and we've just seen and heard with Matt Wolf, and we'll talk about that later in the in the podcast you know, you don't know what's going on in, in anybody's head or anybody's life and certainly these professional athletes, we see the, the glitz and the glamour, but we don't know each athlete is individual, what they are going through. And I guess, Linny, so for now, you quit golf, obviously family life's very important to you as well. I also understand yep. you're a bit of a um, bit of a property hotshot now. You own most of Hull, don't you, I think, I heard. Well,
1: I thought about Hull, but the whole idea in my head was just and accumulate some sort of portfolio to basically provide income for when I finish. And since finishing, uh, I, I've, I've mostly
2: been involved in some house building.
0: But you've got your own portfolio as well, haven't you? That's, as you said, that's always the kind of rental properties that's always been a massive interest for you. It's good to hear.
2: Yeah, well, Lenny's yeah. sort of, you know, lenny would have his five, you know, when, when he went to school and you get your play lunch money and you, your mum tied it in the corner of the hanky. lenny would still have that. <laughs> he still have that. Him, 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 back in the day when they came on tour, Webby, it was Steve Webster came on tour at the same time. Probably two of the tightest men on tour and renowned for it. <laughs> I would have thought, David. Come on, Lily,
0: what's the, what's the comeback there? No,
1: he's, an, he's an
2: ugly, isn't he? Just, you can always tell when he's talking shit. <laughs> this <laughs> is my best attempt of the truth, David.
0: <laughs> Lily, on that, I did want to pick your brains on the article that you did recently in Golf Digest, as head of the PGA Championship at Keir, obviously your close call there back in 2012. So
1: I became quite, quite popular that week
0: before. Yeah, you did. And obviously the media interest, and as I said, that piece in Golf Digest. But was that a fair reflection, that piece? I know, for instance, the line that Harrington said, Harrington talked about, and we've seen, we've heard it with Kevin Kisner recently on tour, saying, you know, there's only certain courses I can win on, and if I don't win... Week in week out, I know that I can pick up, you know, sizable checks. You guys and the guys now are, are making serious dough week in week out. It's a it's a great lifestyle. Yeah. and I know Harrington said in in the in the in the article, you know, he sort of felt that you almost you wanted the money or the the, the yeah. money was the motivation for you. Was that fair?
1: It wasn't. It wasn't. I, and I think Radar will probably back me up a bit. I mean, when you When you're actually playing in a golf event, you just want to finish as high as you possibly can. And if you could make top 10, you'd want top 20 if you couldn't. And that was all your your goal. You just wanted to keep finishing as high as you could. So I get what he says. When it comes down to the nitty gritty, if I'm still in the middle of the final hole and I need Eagles to win, it's a par five, water everywhere, um, water's all down the left, I would always hit it right. I mean... But which pro wouldn't hit it? I mean, I think sort of eight or nine pros that would probably hit it right anyway. I sort of understand what he's saying, but I don't. I mean, ultimately, if I was in it for the money, I would have, I had two. I had the American card and the European card, so I finished when I had both those cards. So if I wasn't ultimately in it for the money, then I would have continued. So I sort of disagree with him a little bit in that way, but... Again, he's a player who has gone through... I mean, money is no object. So he literally can just, you know, be as aggressive. And and I think you have to probably get to a certain... I don't know if you like an amount of money in the bank before you can apply that sort of mindset,
2: which I don't know. I'm totally with you, Lenny. At the end of the day, look, if you've got a chance of winning... And it cost you taking the risks and you could come undone taking the risk of winning, and it cost you a hundred grand to take that risk you're not taking that risk, are you really in our position as you and I as harrington yeah. Well, you can take that risk. You know, when you've got $50 in the bank, of course you can take that risk. But when you haven't and you're trying to feed people, you're trying to fund your profession and trying to make a success out of of your your golfing career, you can't take unnecessary risks. It's just too expensive.
1: I I must admit, most of the time, you'd be coming down the stretch as well. So, for instance, I'll give you a story after my, when I finished running up at the PGA. Absolutely true. I've walked off the course should have birdied the last five. I was just, you know, I was playing solid. And I did all my media commitments and everything, and then I got taken back into the clubhouse, went upstairs, and my missus was there, and my caddy, and Rory McIlroy's dad and his partner were on the table next to us. I then had a glass of wine, and I just sat there, and I literally just went, and <sighs> so I looked over at Wayne, and I'm going, wow, this is amazing money. And then Wayne just went, he went, really? how much have we won? I went, Shit, I've not even thought of that way. The <laughs> next minute, Wayne gets on the internet, and he's going. He's like, "Oh, he so I'm not even. i would not even give it a thought." But I must admit, there's been tournaments where you might have a six footer on the last, and you are right up there, and you—it would cross your mind. You'd be thinking, "It's probably probably a bit of a number here." To be fair, you know. So you do become aware of it in certain situations, but. At most of the time, like I say, you were just—you were so hungry for high finish, as high as you could. That at the end of the day, it's probably what every golfer gets out there. They're just interested in playing well and finishing as high as they can.
0: Yeah. Do you miss? Do you miss it now, Linny? You know, you were quite the comedian on social media. Do you kind of miss that camaraderie, that lifestyle?
1: There's, there's bits of it, for sure. Uh, certainly miss the crack in the evenings with the caddies. Uh, they were always great value range talk on a Tuesday Wednesday you'd have a bit of fun but I always I always thought that my favourite night on tour was always Tuesday night Yeah, you'd go out
2: the Tuesday no night pressure. club Boxall was conducting the orchestra <laughs> he still is
0: when you go away to European tour events.
2: and then it all builds on Wednesday and you know the
1: gun's going off Thursday and then your next favourite night was Friday night if you were obviously playing the weekend so <laughs> yeah uh, and, and, and traveling to uh, weird and wonderful places is something that uh, that I do miss a little bit now as well because I've been on this carousel that long that you get back home and so you get your first year at home and I'd be telling this going so when does the Sun come out like when does summer start over because I've got no idea when does when does winter start when does it start to get real cold because you're always away you just you, if you in for one night and then you you back out if you do knit back that was quite bizarre really to uh, to not know how the season sort of when they come about at home
0: so we've got spring summer autumn and winter <laughs> <laughs> um, lily we've got with a little segment you're only our second guest so we had andy sullivan on our first pod it's a little section called, I'll have a mulligan, please. So a segment where we ask a player one thing that they could redo in their life. It could be in their career, in their golf career, or off the course as well. What, if you could have a mulligan, what, what would you choose?
1: A so mulligan on the golf course, and it'll be, it's in a practice bunker. So this, the, you, you wouldn't you'd expect me to say a, a shot in a tournament. So I'm out in China and I'm on my second week of a two-weeker in China, and I've just finished third the week before, so I'm buzzing, and I'm ready to get going again. And I've got it on string in this bunker, and so I've opened the face wide wide open, and I'm trying to just sort of start in a few parachute ones. You know, it's a bit fancy. And there's, <laughs> there's, this, there's this girl on the uh, chipping ring, and she's collecting a few balls and I have nicest things like you have never seen and you know that little like lump on your wrist it's just plunder on the wrist Well, she has screamed and gone down like a sack of thud so it just so happens she's caddying for the bloke I'm playing with Just Indian kid. so she's rolling howling so I I'm now in bits I'm shaking I'm just like so we are literally going to the tea now and, and she's rolling around on the green and he needs to get another caddy. Medical's coming out. <laughs> so we go out and play and I'm just a useless piece on the course. Just and we get back in and she's now back in the she's in the clubhouse waiting for him as he comes off. So they've only gone and put dry ice on her wrist as well. So her wrist has now blistered and ballooned. Oh, so if I could have a shot back, it'd be that one. <laughs> I'd, I'd probably just take a free drop. <laughs>
0: well, it's only episode two, but I think that one's going to be quite oh, hard to beat it. for our series. Oh. And, and Lily, who was your, your best golfing friend on tour? Tell us a story that we might not have heard before. Yeah,
1: there is a story. Uh, and I'm going to say the story about two of the last. <laughs> I can't incriminate anyone here. Uh you can. Put the HSBC world champ in China. And you
0: spend a lot of time in
2: China, <laughs> then, oh,
1: Lily. I love a bit of China. <laughs> and it was at that course where there was a par for the last and it hugs the water. I think Polter won that in 2013, I'm thinking. And allegedly, these two Mission guys, Hills, these Mission two, Hills, that these was. two players. Yes, it was Mission Hills, you're right. So... These two, these two players are a bit bored on the practice range. And it's time to fill the pockets with balls, take a couple of clubs and go up to the hotel, which sat on this hill right up above the 18th green. So the final few groups are coming in, and I believe that these two players have got the groups on the television. They're watching it. So when they finished, next minute, it was balls down on the floor in the middle of the room, patio doors open launching seven irons onto the 18th ring. And I think the record was eight balls on their Instagram group. <laughs> uh, <sighs> I wonder what the sign would be for that.
0: Are we allowed names?
1: No, no names, no. <laughs> <laughs> you can probably, yeah, probably guess who one of them was.
0: Yeah, Linny, before you go, have you got time for a quick nine? Yeah, go on. Best city for a night out? London. Best present to yourself after a fat check? Car. Which one?
1: Uh, well, it was a Ferrari. I, actually did, I did do that after I won my first tournament. Flash, Harry. Hey, Ra- <laughs> hey, Radar, talking about cars, have you still got your BM?
2: No, mate, no, I'm driving around the 2004 Corsa with a dint in the front wing. Swing you most admire on tour? Uh, Tagwood. Favourite event?
0: Mustard. Favourite drink and drinking partner?
1: Red wine and uh, all my badges up here.
0: What's your favourite quote or mantra? What you try and live your life by?
2: Carlton. Favorite club? The Rhino. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I thought you were going to say the Bel Air at the Belfry.
0: Standout career shot. Apart from the one you
2: no, know. He <laughs> 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 took out the little Chinese lady that wrist. Celebrity crush, yeah. It can be a man crush.
1: Oh no, I'm uh, what's her name now? Hurry was with uh,
2: Hugh Grant.
0: Elizabeth Hurley.
1: Liz Hurley. Liz Hurley.
2: Is that the yeah. Shane Warren. Yeah, he, he he dated her for a long time. I'm gonna genuinely crush for me. Yeah, it's a nice crush, yeah. But listen, mate, I've I, I really enjoyed it. We've got to get together, uh, Lenny, you and I, for, you know, get you down, we'll play some golf just for know. a laugh, man. We'll just, uh, we really do miss you.
0: We do. <laughs> Top man. Can I, can I
1: just clear something up? Because I think this went over your head radar about your BM. One of my lasting memories of you is driving into the British Masters at Woburn. And you had your window down, you're driving real slow, and you just pulled up and you went, do you like my BM? And it was an old knackered brown
2: mini. <laughs> mate, I am I am the king of the knacker. I am. I, I like a knackered car. I just I've, I've been stung so many times on cars. You know, you get and spend forty grand on a car, and you drive it out there, and then you know, a year later you go for the trade in. How much can I get my car? We'll give you sixteen. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> you know the rules, Lenny. We're in the wrong trade. Yeah, but mate, it's been a blast. Lovely chatting to you. You know.
0: Linny, thanks so much. It's yeah. been great to have you no with worries. us.
2: No worries. Nice th- to speak to you.
0: Nice to speak to you. I think you've got a dentist appointment now, so we'll let you go. I uh-huh. have.
2: Uh-huh. Yeah, I'll get the hamsteads fixed.
0: Right. <laughs> <Chat> <laughs> to you soon. Take care. See
2: you, guys. Bye, mate. See
0: you. Bye. Bye, We've missed Linny, haven't we? He's a, he's a top guy.
2: He is. He's, um, look, if you're on the wrong end of his wind-ups, it can be quite hard. But um, Lenny is one of the good guys, yes, and a fine golfer as well.
0: Look, we were talking about social media a little bit there with Linny. And I think one of the big talking points that we've been following very closely, the whole Brooks versus Bryson war of words, the feud. Now, the PGA Tour have introduced the player impact program, haven't they? They're sort of rewarding, I guess, social media engagement hits on Google searches, all this sort of stuff. Brooks Bryson, I don't quite, I'm going to get your take on this. I don't quite get it. I think in in golf and sport we want to see rivalry. We want to see guys going head to head. We want to see the best in the game really going after each other. But Brooks and Bryson, for me, it just seems a little bit playground. It seems quite contrived. Are they are they doing this with regards to the Player Impact Program? Are they trying to bolster their ratings, or do you actually think there's just a severe dislike of each other?
2: I don't know. I'm with you. Uh, I, I I don't know. It, it, it's um. There's thirty million, or there's some obscene amount of money for people who create media attention like tiger's going to be up there as well isn't he with that i mean with the with the accident uh, that's going to be there but you know it's a lot of money that they're getting together maybe they've got together and Down the pub and you know, let's have a pint and chat about this. Let's go at each other and pretend we hate each other. Yeah. I don't I don't really know, but I I don't think they dislike each other. It doesn't really happen in golf. It's never really happened before in golf. And I don't think Bryson is that kind of guy. I don't
0: really think it's Bryson. I think Brooks, I think Brooks Bryson irked Brooks, and I think he he just has taken a bit of a dislike. For whatever reason, I think he's just got to him. And I actually think it's got to Brooks a bit now. Do you
2: think Brooks is the sort of guy so they're in the classroom and Brooks is the tough guy at the front throwing chalk at the T-shirt and then he's picking on the guy down the back, the gawk, who's playing with his science Bunsen burner? A little
0: bit because I feel, yeah, I feel it's like, it's a little bit bullying tactics. Look, I like Brooks. I feel like, I don't know Bryson that well. I haven't interviewed him that many times. I feel I've interviewed Brooks a ton and I think i'm a big fan i I like kind of how he went about his business that he almost like let his golf do the talking and he was this superior you know professional when it came to the major championships everything he's achieved but i just feel like this is just a little bit schoolboy, and i feel like i've lost a little bit of respect for a guy that i had a, a lot of respect for and i kind of feel like you know bryson bryson's doing what he's doing he's Whether you like it or hate it, have respect for how hard the guy's worked and what he's trying to achieve, and obviously has now become a major champion. So why – I just – I'm not a fan of not a fan of it at all.
2: Yeah, he's picking on him, yeah. It seems like it. Sometimes things aren't always as they seem. We know that. Um, But let me ask you a question. Here we go. If if they got in the ring with their gloves on, Bryson and Brooks, who do you reckon would be the last one standing?
0: I'm going Brooks. I think, you think yeah You I, think Brooks, Brooks had punched is a, Bryson's yeah. head in? Brooks is a big guy, and I think yeah, I'm going Brooks. You <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't know. He might be a little sleeper, old Bryson. He might knock old Brooks out. I'm, I
0: think Bryson Bryson seems two of them, I don't know, I just I feel like I just feel a bit sorry for Bryson. I feel like Brooks has been a bit mean and a bit of a bully, and I need him to stop. You heard it. There it is. <laughs> Matt Wolf. What's what
2: Sturka says she gets.
0: <laughs> Matt Wolf at Radar was, for me, you talk about kudos and respect to a player. He, we knew that something wasn't quite right in with with Matt Wolf. He was struggling badly. Then we didn't see him for a couple of months. Then he comes out at the the U.S. Open and said, "Hey, do you know what? I've really been struggling with my mental health. I, I think a to take time out." And B to admit it, you know these guys are superstar millionaire athletes. He's what twenty two years of age now, Matt Wolf, p j Tour winner, nearly won the U.S. Open at Wingfoot. Respect to him for coming out and saying I'm struggling. I needed to take time out. And I think how important is it for that awareness in professional golf?
2: In anything, I you know it, it's it's like we all live different lives, and he he wherever he walks. Um, People who play golf know who he is. And obviously he's struggling with it. And to get help and to say at that young age, whether he got help from his family, I don't know. They said, well, let's, let's sort this out. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm totally with you. And he had a good chance of winning yesterday. Look, it's such, he's such a dynamic player. No one swings the club like that. We, when we first saw Jim Furick come out and he sort of had the wiggly swing, we thought, whoa, whoa, what's going on here? Now this guy he's taken it to another level. Uh, This is like the helicopter move at the top. The club's totally in the wrong position. It's almost pointing in in the wrong direction. Then he drops it down. But you get him down there at impact, he's absolutely perfect. And when he sets up and he starts getting the left hip flipping and it's like, whoa, what's going on here? I first saw pictures of him or video of him when he was 17. Um, Someone sent, Robert Lee actually sent it to me. He said, have a look at this. And I went, Whoa. Then I said it to my brother, who's a golf pro in Hong Kong at Clearwater Bay, and he went, well, this guy's got no chance. I'd be, well, look at this. <laughs> look at this guy's just – there's so many ways to do it. Like When we were kids, we had to uh, – we were taught a certain way uh, in my era but now you can go and you can play very many ways and I think we'll see better golfers for it and full uh, uh, getting back to it yes full credit for Matt Wolf for, for saying yeah I need some help and I, I I imagine he's continuing to get help and great.
0: I wonder how I mean Beef's come out quite publicly and talks about some of his you know mental health issues I mean Linney alluded to I mean it was the right time for him to go and I think For sanity, mental health-wise, he needed to to step back from the game at that point. Did you ever, you know, we're we're, we're buddies, we can chat openly about this, did you ever struggle? Did you ever get to a point when you were playing when golf got too much or life off the course got too much and affected you mentally? Yeah,
2: yeah. life on the road was um, quite, even though I love travelling, but but I enjoy travelling more now being a commentator than I did as a golfer. Um. Yeah, I, I remember one story. I, 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 You know, you can pull out of a golf tournament. You're allowed to pull out with injury. Mm-hmm. And I called the official over and I said, listen, I, I've got to pull out of the tournament. He says, what's wrong with you? I said, I'm injured. He says, what? what, what? I said, well, I'm mentally injured. <laughs> I'm mentally injured. What's the difference between having a bad arm or a bad finger or being mentally scarred and injured? And he, I had to keep going.
0: But it's true. It's
2: true. I mean, I was tired. I, 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 when I got to about forty, I, I retired. But, but it was like I was just done with the week in, week out hotel hanging the clothes up, going out to practice on Tuesday, playing in the pro am, going out and playing. You're putting all in and look in golf, disappointment far outweighs adulation as a professional golfer, unless you're Tiger Woods or one of these superstar golfers. Which we all can't be, and you're just on a merry-go-round, and it, it sometimes you know it, it does it does do you. And the two years I had off after I, I went back to Australia from playing the European Tour at forty, I had a great two years. I just hung them up and didn't play too much golf at all. And uh, but yeah, I've, I've I've had my issues, but not with mental health. Um, I, I've never really suffered with that no. sort of thing, but uh, I'm but, lucky. Yeah,
0: but, but I think respect. it's important that guys do talk about it, and then it makes it more open. Very for, important for others. Brilliant. Very important. Yeah. And we must just touch on Phil Mickelson as well. I mean, a win for the ages, you look at that, the oldest major champion. It, it was sensational. I mean, I just—I didn't think he was going to pull that off, honestly. How, how did you rate his chances?
2: No, I didn't. I didn't think he'd win another PGA Tour event, let alone win the PGA Championship at Kiawah Island, a major. His sixth major. I think it was just incredibly... Uh, an incredible story. And it goes to show you, like, Watson... Back when he lost in a playoff to Stuart Sink at Turnberry in the Open Championship, he was 59. We're talking about well, Mickelson at 50, just turned 51 now. But if Watson would have won that, you know, and I still anyway talking about Phil Mickelson, but he hit that eight iron to the last and it landed on the front in the perfect spot and ran over the back of the green. That was as good as Mickelson's um, feat. We forget about Watson's one at Turnberry. Um, what do you think of that one? Uh,
0: yeah, I mean, th- I was there at Turnberry actually and I and obviously Lee Westwood as well, what he's doing now. And I just, I think that's what we love about golf, mm-hmm. isn't it? That's what makes it so special. But I think the golf course played into his artistic style, into his creativity, intuition. And I, I didn't think Phil Mickelson had another major in him. And I just thought it was incredible. The scenes, at eight, I mean, it was like Tiger Woods wasn't it? the Tour Championship, the fans going absolutely nuts not sure it was COVID secure necessarily, but it was just just incredible.
2: It was. No? Yep. It was... Uh, and he didn't play well last week. He doesn't really like the golf course, but Phil Mickelson, I, I, I know one thing, that he's, he's got another 20 majors and exempt for another five years in order to all the majors. I don't think the Champions Tour will be too... Uh
0: no, Rich Beam's shaking in his boots, isn't he? So <laughs> 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 about the Champions Tour and Phil Mickelson, obviously already he's already picked up what, two times, hasn't he? Yeah, two he won mixtures. his first two, I think. But I just think, yeah, I just think, um, amazing story. And I think uh, respect to Phil for going out and believing he could still do it. And I think it was uh, great for golf. Right, Sturk, you've had Radar's rants. Sturked to me, I get my little opinion. And something that's been irking me is, can we talk Olympics?
2: Of course, you can talk about now, it. Now,
0: I know your take on this. So, the Olympics for me is the pinnacle, it's the, the biggest, the greatest sporting achievement, sporting occasion in the world. As a golfer, I get a green jacket is always going to trump a gold medal because in your sport, you want to win one of major championships. I totally get that. What's slightly stirking me is I think some of the players' reaction to the Olympics. So for example, Justin Rose, gold medal winner in Rio, has talked about this being the absolute highlight now I know his wife Kate obviously former international gymnast he gets the whole Olympic thing a lot of guys don't I think Dustin Johnson's been quite disparaging about it and I think my my gripe is just I think the players for me some of the players haven't been showing enough respect to the Olympics so for an example after the US Open Colin Morikawa qualified for the Olympics, he said, I'm so excited, I'm going, I can't believe I get to go, to be on this team, to heading to Tokyo, puts a smile on my face, I'm really excited about it, he's just, he's effusive, he's ready, he wants to go, we've heard about Justin Rose, we've heard Paul Casey talk about what it would mean to represent my country at the Olympics, it's, it would be a dream, I know it's, I'm a golfer, but it's the Olympics, it's the biggest sporting event in the world, Xander, Show, I've mentioned Dustin Johnson, Zander Show, Adam Scott's been quite so-so about it as well, Xander Schofle basically said, yeah, but the logistics are tricky. There's no opening ceremony. There'll be no experience of Japan. I hear the Olympics is pretty cool, but if you can't really do all that this year because of COVID, and I get the COVID thing, but I just kind of want to hear them have a bit more respect about the Olympics. Is that fair? I know that you're a golfer. You've got the chance to, you've got a green jacket in your locker. You've got... You're Me? Open I haven't got a green jacket.
2: Where's that thing? <laughs> Am I and missing something here?
0: And you can have a gold medal as well. Why would you not? Okay, if you don't want to go and represent your country in the Olympics, at least try and show a bit more respect when you're talking about it in the media. You're obviously... Am I, am I f-
2: yeah, you're a fan of the Olympics. You're a fan... Do you, do
0: you get that? Am I, am I, am I missing the Look, boat here?
2: In our game, we have four Olympics every year. I get that. We have four majors every year. Now, if you go to any golfer... Do you want to win the Wanamaker Trophy, just for an example, which is the PGA Championship, or do you want to win the gold medal at the Olympics? i want to
0: win the Wanamaker and I'd want to win
2: the gold medal. Yeah, okay, fair point. But if you can only have one. The
0: Wanamaker. Do you want to
2: win? Okay, Sarah, if you're you're a golfer and you win, if you're going to the Olympics as as a lady golfer to represent your country, do you want to win the gold medal or do you want to jump into Poppy's Pond?
0: I'd want to win, I know what you mean, and I'd still take, I'd still take majors over a gold medal, absolutely, if I was a professional golfer, I would, but I'd still want to go and give myself a chance of winning a gold medal at the Olympics, and even if I didn't take that decision... I would certainly be respectful about the Olympics in any media interview I do, and I just feel there's been a bit of a lack of respect. Do you get that? Yes, I so, do. I so totally. if you if you were if you said right you didn't want to do the Olympics, wouldn't you come out in the media? Wouldn't you 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 play it differently? You'd still keep the respect for the greatest sporting occasion in the world.
2: Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, but you're obviously a huge fan of the Olympics.
0: I'm a huge sport fan.
2: I I only really watch the hundred, the hundred. You know. <laughs> The, the hundred metres, I like that. I like the hundred metres. Usain Bolt, the swimming when Ian See, Thorpe used to swim, I used to, you know, the thor-pedo. torpedo. Yeah, torpedo. When he used to get in the in the swim and and blow them all out of the water, and and you know, there's a few. I, I don't mind the gym gymnastics. <laughs> I like the gymnastics as well, um, but uh, I'm not a huge fan of the Olympics. I'm, I, I I just. I like golf. I like watching Chelsea play. I like watching my I like watching the wallabies play the poms. I like all that sort of stuff. I'm not really big into the um you know. Okay. Javelin, the javelin. Yeah, I love not, the javelin.
0: Do you? Yeah. Do you? I used yeah. to chuck the javelin in my Okay. School sport. Anyway, should we agree to disagree on that? <laughs> Good, bad and the fugly.
2: The good, I'm going. The good is 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 what we saw in scare, in, in in Sweden with the ladies playing with the men.
0: Yeah, um, loved
2: I th- it. I thought that was there should be more of it. I've said it. I think we said it in the last show that um, I'd like to see the World Cup man and women. I think there's more. The ladies, um, we've got to get together more and uh, grow our game together. And I was a huge fan. That was very good to watch that on television, watching the ladies play with the men.
0: It was. Same well, the course. men play with the ladies. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Same there course, same event. Fantastic. Yep. I'm going to go Yuko Sasso Swing. Did you see um, at the US Open, US Women's Open, modelled her swing on Rory McElroy. And for any of you listening... Go and have a look on YouTube videos or some some content. Yuka Sasso won the U.S. Open, modeled her swing on Roy McIlroy. It is spitting image of Roy McIlroy. It's incredible. Have yeah. look at it. Did you watch it? Yeah, I've
2: seen it. I've seen it. they had a cut of last week as well, yeah. and it's like, um, yeah, it's like Adam Scott as well, modeling his swing on Tiger Woods yeah. when he first came out. Everyone went, well, gee whiz, look at that. Um, look, you can you know, as kids, and you don't want, you, your parents can't afford to go and get you some lessons. Get some videos.
0: Amazing. And
2: find your, your, your favourite golfer and copy it. It's Be crazy. yourself, yeah, but copy this week.
0: Crazy how good it is. So, well done to her. That was an amazing performance. My, my bad, I'm going US Open rough. <laughs> just because it gives me the heebie-jeebies. What, like, the, 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 the rough at Torrey Pines. I'm just like, oh. You didn't like that. Well, I like it as a spectacle, but the thought of being in it just gave me nightmares.
2: Yeah. I've got no bad at the moment. I think our game... Is, is in such a great place. The ladies' games in a, great, in a great place. You've got the quarters and you've got all these great players. I just wish more, what I've just said, I, I just w- wish we could get together a little more and um, grow our game together. We're getting there, mm-hmm. but there's more to be done and I'm sure a lot more will be done. So, so the 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 rough at uh, Tor- well, yeah. you don't have to worry about it. Do you?
0: I, I no, I don't. I actually played there a few years ago. I went over for a little holiday and played, and oh. it was. I mean, it was obviously it wasn't U.S. Open time, so. Um, California, it was, how nice! Uh, la Jolla. Oh, we la, love. We love La Jolla. La Jolla. La Jolla.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely. It's absolutely magnificent. It's
0: probably both our favourite spots on tour. Isn't yeah, it,
2: it, it was just it gorgeous. is just, Yep. It, it it truly is absolutely magnificent, and there's this funny smell in the air. Or you, you walk everywhere, and it's like they're all puffing these things, and it's all allowed. It's quite uh, interesting. <laughs>
0: Which company are you keeping? <laughs>
2: no, I walk down the rough, and they're all at it. I mean, it's a bit, a, yeah. and there's police well, everywhere, and you're like, well, what's going?
0: What about hey, the, what about the streaker at the U.S. Open? I'm sure he might have. Been, well, he was on. The, he was on. Some- he's
2: on the. Whoopi-wee, (laughs) wasn't He's he's gotta be on he's gotta be on something.
0: (laughs) Perfectly legal in California. Um, Fugly. Now, did you hear about this? This was one of my favourite well, actually, I shouldn't really be laughing at it, because it was pretty bad. A player was arrested after a fight broke out in a Corn Ferry Tour qualifier in Kansas. Now Luke Smith was arrested after being interviewed by police in the clubhouse following a violent altercation with his playing partner Austin Daly. So Smith had his father as caddy and apparently took exception to Daly's pace of play and Daly was annoyed by Smith's refusal to help him search for balls, apparently he was having a shocker, or tend the pin. Tempers flared on Vince and basically Smith lamped him one. <laughs> <laughs> should, and then he was hooked up to been. the pin. <laughs>
2: We shouldn't laugh. You and I shouldn't be laughing. If you and I were in front of the screen in in the, the Sky Studios, we'd have really? serious faces. Wouldn't we? We'd be like, we'd be like, but, but that's,
0: brilliant. I mean,
2: bang! Oh. Have that, son. Oh. So that, keep up with me. Don't play slowly anymore.
0: That tickled me a little bit. What, what's well, your fugly?
2: Oh, my fugly. Uh, well, I, I'm quite sick of this. Um, we were to speaking in the last pod that um, about the world tour. I, I'm sick of it popping up all the time, these world tours, these alphabet tours. They've all got different initials, and we don't know where they're coming from. I, I just like to know, and they say they're going to be playing by 2023, the start of 2023, and we don't know anything about it. I think it's uh, unfair, and I think what we've got to do is we've got to all get together and go, right, what is happening? And Mm. I I just think there's a lot of people out there, and especially the public, the paying public. Without the paying public, we haven't got any tours. So everyone deserves the right, they have the right to to know what's going on. So that's my fugly right there. That's a rant and a fugly. Um, Let's get on with it and let's find out what's... If we're going to do it, let's do it. If we're not, let's not.
0: Agree. Right, and before we head off, a prediction... The next time we get together, episode three of Sturkers and Radar, what's going to have happened? What's your punchy prediction?
2: Now, I'm going to go right now who's going to win the Open, who's a very good win player. Um, Is he he Australian? Yes. Mark Leishman? No. I'm going to have a – it's going to be one that is just all going to go, what are you on about? Which, you know, I've lived with that all my life. Um, Matt Jones.
0: Oh, that is a punchy prediction. Mm. Good player.
2: Good wind player. Mm. Exceptional wind player. Grew up in Sydney, one of the windiest cities mm. in the world. And I know how much he wants. He loves the Open. Hasn't played it it much, but he's in it. And I think that's a 200 to one of there, everybody. So get your checkbooks <laughs> out and lamp on.
0: Nice. Love it. Can I go John Rahm again? John Rahm will be a... You're going well, John Rahm? <laughs> John Rob will be a two-time major champion by the yeah. time that we next speak. No, I'm going. I'm going to go Spieth.
2: Are you yeah. 2016 Birkdale.
0: I'm going Spieth again. Yeah. Okay. Is that is that too? Is
2: that no, way out? It's 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 out there. It's out there. But, but at the moment. But um, yeah. I mean, well, I don't, don't want
0: to get it. I don't want to get it right again. So I thought I'd you know give you a bit of a chance. No,
2: I think. Uh I think uh, that's not bad.
0: I think that's just about all we've got time for as well. So just to thank you all as well for your support on social media, a reminder, Sturkers Radar on Twitter, at Sturkers Radar on Twitter, and on Instagram, at Sturkers and Radar Pod on Insta.
2: Before I forget, I was going through my social media a couple of days ago, and I saw you all dressed up like nice...
0: When we talked about this the other day, you didn't say dressed up. You actually said fluffed up.
2: But the th- yeah, but the <laughs> thing is, when I saw that, did you have to do that yourself?
0: What the fluffing? No,
2: because we are. You're not allowed makes well, now.
0: I did actually have, I did. Uh, yeah, I had a makeup artist, a good friend of mine, Sarah White, who did my hair and makeup for that shoot. So yeah.
2: But so, that was that looked. Um, it
0: was it was brilliant. Yeah, and look, we've had a chat about this. So what was the mag? So it was for Attitude magazine, right? Um, which is a gay lifestyle magazine, right. and uh, yeah, so I mean, you know, we've talked about this. I'm I'm pretty private at um, I'm pretty private at work. I'm pretty private generally. I, you know, we we turn up, don't we? We do our jobs. We, you know, we appear on Sky week in week out. But when we're not on Sky doing our thing, yeah, I kind of keep myself to myself. Yeah. Um, and I think you know, I talked about this in the article, and and we've had a couple of good chats about this. I feel like. Um, I kind of don't really have a voice in that community and I kind of got to a point where I wanted to yes and I struggled with stuff for a long time um and it's funny I was we were chatting the other day and I said to you you know I just didn't feel the the environment that we work in is very it was very male dominated I think it's changed you know I've been at Sky what eight years now I think when I first joined and I think the industry, when I first sort of got into it, was pretty male dominated. I think things have changed massively. I think we've seen a huge societal change as well, haven't we? The world we live in now is very different to even five years ago. Um, and I think when I first joined, I just I wanted to do my job. I didn't want to be labelled. You know, I'm me. I'm who I am. Sexuality, I think, is just one part of it. And we love,
2: um, but we love you for that. But I, I can't understand why people, why you would worry because.
0: So one of my big, one of my big worries was you, I think, because, you know, we are good friends. We're good buddies now and we host a podcast together and we get on and we have a giggle. When I first joined Sky, I couldn't imagine having this conversation with you. I thought you were...
2: A macho Aussie. I
0: thought you were a big, hairy, macho Aussie. <laughs> and I was probably a bit intimidated by you. and so thought I couldn't imagine. This. And now I know that you're a soft puppy dog with a heart of gold. So you I can't understand that. Now. Because
2: I come from Sydney, which is probably the most, well, outside San Fran, probably the most cosmopolitan city in the world.
0: Yeah. And you've been amazing in your response. We've had conversations before, haven't we, when we've been at the european tour pgo tour we've had good chats and you know you've told me a bit about your private life and i take people
2: for what they are i really do but
0: this is it this is we should be as human beings we should be kind we should be accepting we should be non-judgmental and i probably because i struggle with it myself in the in the arena that i'm in i just didn't want that I didn't want that extra attention, just didn't need it, didn't no. want it. But as I've got older, and I say, say in the article, I don't really care anymore. No, and nor should you. Yeah, and I think the response has been amazing, so thanks. And it us. will
2: be, and it, it will continue to be, because people love you. Look, I mean, because you're just a... Look, I'm not saying this because we're doing this. You're a lovely, lovely person, and, and, and not only are you a great presenter and... Uh, a media oh, star it. but but stop no but no it's true and and um you know good good for you absolutely right. good for you and uh, that's really kind and of everyone you. should be the same everyone yeah. whoever if anyone's out on tour and they're worried about things but anything no, get like, it out.
0: but Just like I was saying about the Matt Wolfe thing what everybody and this is one of my favorite sayings in life everybody's fighting a battle that you know that everybody else knows nothing about so We've got to be happy in our own skin. We've got to be comfortable. And we've got to be nice and kind to other human beings. Absolutely. And I don't like anything... Acceptance is key for me. I don't like anything judgmental. So, look, I massively appreciate you for... How do you know I'm here? What's that? You called me here Because I, I remember my favourite... One of my favourite things about you was... One of my favourite things in America. Do you remember that time in America when we were doing a piece by eighty? I can't remember where it was. In was it Phoenix or I don't know. Anyway, and you'd seen this, you'd seen this young lady who you'd taken a bit of a shine to, and you shouted across the eighteenth green, "Do you like short, fat, hairy Australians?" <laughs> <laughs> that was actually your chat up line, and she turned around, took a sip of her margarita, and walked away. <laughs> so that's the only reason why I know. Um, but no, thank you. You're no. a sweetheart. That no, was, no, absolutely.
2: Great. No, you are, you are. You are. You are. You are. Oh, it's a love I'm fest. I'm nothing without you. It's
0: a love fest. Big big thanks as well to Studley Wood today. Yeah. Studley Wood Golf Club in Oxfordshire for hosting us. And of course, big thanks to Ping.
2: Play your best. And yeah, you've got to get the new driver. I've got the new G425 and it's going miles long.
0: Hope you've enjoyed episode two. We'll see you soon. Sturkers and Radar. Ta-da. Uncut. This has been a Monkey Pants Productions podcast.